Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am oh so excited to be hanging out with you boys and girls for what is sure to be another wonderful call-in show. We're going to do this the same way we do every week. I'm going to talk to the chat for a little bit, give you my thoughts, recaps, ideas, things that have been percolating in my mind for the last day or so. Uh, and then at 8.30, we're going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to hear your calls on everything New York Jets. You get three minutes to plead your case, and after three minutes... That's it! You're out of here! Oh, try to not blow your eardrums out. Sorry, guys, on headphones. <laughs> Gotta fix that audio there. Uh, let me change some of those topics. See? I have some stuff that I did not do ahead of time. But that is all right. Let's see, Steelers. Wilson is back. See, I should really prep this stuff prior to coming on live, so I'm not doing things like this right now. Say no to uh, apparently autocorrect does not like the word Tua or <laughs> the, the name, uh, the name Tua. All right, so I got my little scrolly thing going right there, guys. We gotta win, <laughs> we gotta win. Oh man, it's good to get one. And this one felt good, too, because the Jets felt like they were in control for the majority of the game outside of, like, the two minutes left in the first half until, like, maybe middle of the third or so. That There was a stretch of time where I was like, oh, man, it's all falling apart. <laughs> we got the interception from Wilson at the end of half. That swung it six points. We could have got three. And then hopefully had, you know, not much time left. They wouldn't have gotten anything. And then... Uh, obviously, we had the, the penalty on loss, and they wind up kicking a long field goal. Not a great way to end the half. But, by and large, I'm very, very happy with how everything played out. Now, before we go too far, you guys saw the thumbnail. I want to talk a little bit about Brady Quinn. I want to talk a little bit about Stephen A. Smith. Both these guys throwing shade towards the Jets. So let me throw up the video clip that Sack Exchange over on Twitter sent me. That's our... Good friend Steve from the Jets Lounge. Uh, they're going to be doing a tailgate for this upcoming game. So if you want to check that out, make sure you head over to thejetlounge.com. They're really good dudes over there, and I believe proceeds are going to a mental health uh, initiative or something along those lines. So definitely check them out. But without further ado, let's play the video. Well, we ain't going to count the Jets because they just think we all know. Yeah. Their season's going to be over before they get to the bye. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Their bye comes November 13th, and they've got to play both. They've got to play basically uh, almost the entire the entire AFC North to start the season. They might go 0-4. Uh, and then you've got that winnable game versus the Dolphins. Great, they get to host them. They're going to feel pretty desperate, pretty beat up after 0-4 start. Then the Packers, a, uh, a, a trip out to the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson. The Patriots-Bills, I mean... There's a, there's a realistic scenario where they're 1-8 here. Maybe 0-9. I mean, as good as the roster has improved, I just haven't been a believer in Zach Wilson. I think this is an unbelievably difficult schedule that lightens up the second half, but 
they could be decimated by that point. So I've got them winning five games and probably going back to the drawing board at the quarterback position in the 2023 draft. So that was Brady Quinn and Stephen A. Smith throwing shade towards the Jets at the beginning of the season. Uh, oh, they're going to go 0-9. You know, they might go 0-4 against the AFC North. Ha! Ha ha! Two and two, mother truckers! That's right. Jets are 500 just four games into the season. Taking receipts. Jet fans, it's a good thing. We've got some tough skin. We've been dealt a lot of shots over the last 10 years. And it feels like we're going to start having it turn around. Yesterday was a good win. Obviously, the Cleveland game, scoring 14 points in the final two minutes of the game, I'm not afraid to call that one luck. <laughs> that doesn't happen. There's a reason there was a 99.9 or 99.7% win percentage for the Browns heading into the minute 55 mark. And it's because that does not happen very frequently. But this game, you get Zach Wilson back. He chugs along a little bit. Obviously, the, the stat line is a little bit misleading. 50% completion percentage does not take into account the miraculous kind of throws he had where they were out of bounds escaping from pressure. There was two that stick out to me. There's the one with the Michael Carter, you know, shovel pass or whatever, and then he flicks it back to him, and then obviously Zach gets it and throws it out of bounds, saves us like 13 yards. And then the other one, I don't remember when exactly it was in the game. I want to say maybe early second quarter where he's like scrambling around, scrambling around, does like a 360 and just whips the ball out of bounds. <laughs> like that's a sack for anyone else. Anyone else is dropping right there. Zach Wilson keeps us alive and will open up those wow plays, those, those huge plays that just break defenses apart. That's going to be exciting. Obviously, we want to see him play within the offense. That's why they tried to run the ball as much as they did. We just can't get anything going. The offensive line run-wise has been real rough, real rough. But overall, very happy with what I got out of Zach Wilson from yesterday. Kind of what I expected. Showed a little bit of rust, didn't play for six or seven weeks in a row, and then comes out, has a pretty, pretty decent game. I'm not upset with how Zach Wilson played. And I know there's upside from there. That's what's so great about it. Now we get another opportunity to hopefully maybe get above 500 this week. Tua will not be playing for the Dolphins. Obviously, I don't think he should have been playing on Thursday night, and hopefully everything goes all right with him. I hope, wish him a speedy recovery. You never want to see someone uh, take a shot and hit their head the way he did and, and have some serious trauma. So uh, thoughts and prayers do go out to Tua and his family and everything. Um, but that said... I want to knock these mother truckers into the ground. The cheetah, put them back in the zoo. Sauce, that's you. Put them back in the cage. <laughs> Lock this dude up. Sorry, he's not going anywhere. Waddle, uh-uh, not happening. Teddy Bridgewater's coming back to MetLife. Former backup quarterback for the New York Jets. Never actually played in a regular season game for the Jets. Uh, had his rehab, wound up being trade compensation that we signed so that way we could trade up for Sam Darnold and recoup a, a little bit from him. Uh, I like me some Teddy Bridgewater. I really like me some Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm hoping, uh, you know, he's just not the quarterback that <laughs> he was for that brief period of time in preseason with us. Um, 
I like Teddy. I don't think he's a pushover. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't necessarily think that Tua is leaps and bounds better than Teddy. I think the weapons on that team is what makes Miami scary. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, um, Gazicki. Like, these guys are not uh, to be taken lightly. You're going to have to have sa- safety help over the top. There's just speedy, speedy guys. And I'm not exactly sure how the Jets plan on attacking it. Now, I do want to go after Teddy. Like, I hope we blitz the heck out of him. You know, hopefully our front four can get there, obviously. We saw a little bit of a nice pass rush this week. Bryce Huff. I think he had nine snaps. Nine pass rush snaps. Is that right? Created some pressure. This dude should be on the field opposite Lawson in any pass rush situation. If you want to put in Jermaine Johnson... In like running downs, I feel like he's shown out pretty well there. I have no problem with that. But I don't want to see John Franklin Myers on the outside. I would prefer to see him next to Quinnen inside and Lawson and Huff on the outside because I feel like that's when we've been able to generate the most amount of pressure. Now, defensive line-wise, we got a few sacks. It's kind of nice to see what we have. Finish the day with three sacks, I think. Quinnen Williams, beast. This guy's an animal. Now, I got to look up what his percentage of snaps were this past game, but he is currently on pace based on last year's interior defensive lineman statistics per Matt O'Leary. I was listening to your your video earlier. Um, This guy is on pace to have like the most tackles for a loss, most hits on quarterback. Like this guy is good. He is a top five interior defensive lineman as it stands right now through the first four weeks of the season. If he can continue on this pace or even get a little bit better, we're going to have a really good season. I think he's on pace for like, what do you, he's got three sacks on the season right now. So that's on pace for like 13 sacks for the year. Sign me up. Sign me up. There you go. Indiana Jets. Q played 61% of the snaps. 61%. It's a lot higher than it's been. Definitely higher than the uh, the 45% rotation that was being talked about. Quinnen Williams is going to earn his contract by the end of this year, and a lot of that has to do with actually having a pass rush presence. He doesn't have to be the only guy that teams are focusing on, but even when he is, this guy is attracting double teams, freeing other people up. He is blowing guys up. There was a play where I want to say it was a pass out to the left flat, and he took his lineman and just threw him, ragdoll him, Chris Jenkins style. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Get out my way. Love it. Absolutely love it. Our receivers, Corey Davis had himself a nice day. Braxton Berrios throws a touchdown. Elijah Moore looking good. Garrett Wilson had two receptions, had one really nice long reception. Uh, I'd like to see that Wilson to Wilson connection. But I think just with reps and with time, you'll eventually see that. I think you can tell that Zach Wilson is more familiar with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, uh, than he is with Garrett Wilson right now. That's okay. I'm fine with that. Running back wise, Michael Carter, Brees Hall would love to see more from them. But I don't know if that's, I think that's more a product of the way this offensive line is blocking. Let's talk about Elijah Vera Tucker for a minute. This dude, 
gets drafted out of USC. He played left tackle there, gets drafted to play our left guard position. We bring in Lakin Tomlinson, who's not been doing great. Better game yesterday. He then gets bumped over to right guard. And then we lose every tackle we have, and we're like, yo, Vera Tucker, we're going to test you out on the left-hand side. No one reported on this happening before the game. This is something we talked about when he was drafted, like, oh, hey, he's that fail-safe left tackle if you needed to. But I didn't think they were going to, you know, just move him over. I thought they kind of played around with his positions a little bit. He's probably staying at guard. Nope. Try him out over on the left-hand side. Guy played well. Which leads me to believe Elijah Vera Tucker is the reason that George Fant does not have a contract. I think part of why... Max Mitchell has looked so good is because he's playing next to Elijah Vera Tucker on that side, the same way George Fant looked good last year playing with Elijah Vera Tucker next to him on the left-hand side. Now, do I have anything to back that up? I don't, but I'm just looking at the tea leaves here and I'm seeing this guy's playing well at three different positions and making guys around him look better each time he winds up playing. Because Lakin Tomlinson looked a lot better yesterday than he did with George Fant or you know, McDermott or, you know, insert whatever other left tackle we've been trotting out there. AVT to this point in the season, as much as Garrett Wilson has been like a wow factor and some of the other, you know, weapons have been kind of wow in their moments. I think Elijah Vera Tucker has been our best player on offense. And I think Quinn and Williams is our best player on defense right now. And you look at the two of them, they're winning in the trenches. Something we haven't done in a long time. Really love it. Indiana Jet says, let's also talk about AVT's replacement at right guard too. Yes, Herbig from the Eagles wound up playing over there. I don't know how he wound up grading out. It seemed like he was all right. Like I thought this was the best offensive line performance that we got to see. It's a shame uh, Max Mitchell winds up going down with a dislocated knee. He's going to be out several weeks. So it seems like the Jets are going to be trotting out Connor McDermott to the right-hand side unless one of these other guys like Remmers uh, gets up to speed real quick. But I don't know if I would move Elijah Vera Tucker away from the left-hand side. I think based on how well he played, I would prefer the best player at left tackle be there. Like even if, I mean, I don't know. What if Dwayne Brown comes back? And he's like 85% of what Elijah Vera Tucker is. And then do you put Elijah Vera Tucker back at left or back at right guard? Or do you pop him into right tackle and now you say, okay, you, <laughs> you've done the other four positions or the other three positions. Let's throw you here. I don't know. The whole tackle situation thing is going to be really fascinating for the New York Jets because we are down to like our fifth tackle. You just, you can't plan for that. You can't draft for that. You can't sign free agents for that. That's not something that, that comes up. But uh, as far as left tackle and right guard replacements, I've, I was pretty, pretty happy. Uh, Mikey Mouse says, I hope Garrett Wilson's drops are because he's playing, uh, he's trying to play too fast. Dude looked special in college and made insane grabs. I think a lot of that is, I think he's got, still got a little bit of the jitters where he's getting the ball in his hands and he's trying to make a move real quick before he secures the ball because there were a few opportunities through at least three of the last four games, it might be all four of the games where he's had a drop, uh, and it's like a little bit of like, ah, man, really, really didn't love that. 
Russell says, clock management at the end of the game was awesome. Important to have our timeouts for the last drive. Yes, that's something that I've noticed from this Jets team this year. I feel like the time, not necessarily just the time of possession, but the the way they handle the clock and pressure situations, and that is on the coaching staff. It, it absolutely is. Um, you know, I, I kind of felt maybe the veteran leadership of Flacco in the Browns game sort of led that uh, drive or two sets of drives or whatever, but watching it happen with Zach tells me that this coaching staff is instilling that type of knowledge, what to do with the ball, what type of, of uh, you know, just sort of being aware of your surroundings and being aware of of what's going on in the game itself. Uh, so very happy with what we got at the end of the game. Uh, Sergeant CVO says, I don't think anyone would be mad if we drafted left tackle with our first or second pick. No, I don't think so. I think it's an important enough position and I think there's enough concern that you can do that for sure. Uh, I'm hoping we don't have to, if in all honesty, but I don't know how else you kind of approach it. I mean, you have Dwayne Brown coming back next year. You do have Becton coming back from injury, so maybe you let those two kind of duke it out. You feel like you got your guy in Max Mitchell on the right-hand side. Now maybe you you, you roll the dice on maybe a mid-rounder similar, you know, maybe second or third rounder. Maybe it's not a first rounder. And then you kind of run it back. I mean, you can't bank on Becton staying healthy, but if you go into the year with him not necessarily being the guy, I don't know, maybe you consider that. I've been saying I would like to see the Jets bring in Orlando Brown. I think he's a very versatile tackle that can play left tackle, right tackle. Uh, from the Baltimore Ravens, he's coming off the franchise tag, but he's going to want the bag. He's going to want a ton of money. So are the Jets going to want to pony up that much money for a guy that's going to be switching teams Maybe I'd prefer to spend the big bucks on our own free agents as opposed to outside. I just don't, I don't know. Tackle's going to be fascinating to see how they wind up handling that. Uh, let's see. I see Red John. Red John in the chat says, imagine if our O-line was healthy. Could we win 10 games? Uh, maybe. I, if the running game got going, then I think we could have won the Baltimore game. And... The Bengal game just didn't really feel close at all. That, maybe, I don't know. It didn't feel like we were like over, overwhelmed, but it just felt like we couldn't get any pressure on Joe Burrow. And I don't know if the O-line was necessarily all to blame. The left tackle definitely was. George Fant played horrible that game. And then it was McDermott that came in and gave up another sack. So I don't know. I do like this team overall. I feel like we could be in any game. Like when I'm looking at the schedule coming up, I'm looking at Miami, obviously no two. I'm thinking, okay, could win that game. Then I'm looking at the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, still one of the best quarterbacks in the game, although he's crushing my fantasy team right now. Very upset with Mr. Aaron Rodgers. And I hope he continues in that fashion because I want the Jets to have a fighting shot going against them, but they haven't looked like juggernauts either. Then you got the, the, uh, the Broncos. Is anyone afraid of Russell Wilson right now? You see what Geno Smith doing over in Seattle? Ho ho! <laughs> Geno Smith. Geno Smith had him having himself a season. Maybe he's the answer in Seattle. Who knows? What is he, like 30 right now? He's drafting like 2013, I think. 30, 31 years old. I like like me some Geno. But I think the Broncos aren't as scary as they once were. They just lost Williams for the year. Then you got the Patriots. 
that's not super crazy. I feel like th- I feel like some of these games are more winnable than we thought at the beginning of the season. It's the best part about football. Any given Sunday. And I feel like the Jets have the talent to be able to compete with these teams. Now, Buffalo, I don't expect to win any game against Buffalo. I do think Josh Allen and that roster overall, especially when they're healthy, is is no joke and I don't I don't know if we can hang with that. Not yet. Joe S. says, did the two-hand push by Sauce concern you? Sauce plays very um, aggressive. When he was coming out of college, well, this year, obviously, when he was coming out, that was one of the things we said, right? Like, this guy is going to get a lot of penalties. And to this point, he's actually been pretty good about the penalties. Um, So am I upset with him, you know, kind of laying hands on a receiver? No, that's his game. You know, you got to live with it. But you got to die with it too. So you're going to get a penalty here and there that might be like, oh, it's backbreaking. But for every penalty he gets, you know, how many balls is he stopping? Stifler's mom says, based on what we've seen so far, where would you go in the draft? Another edge safety tackle, where would you go? I think you just go best player available. I don't think there's any any wrong way to go about this. I would even go so far as to possibly... I wouldn't want to go this route, but you you could possibly throw edge in there depending on how Lawson finishes out the season. I think he is going to be good and I think we'll be fine and hopefully they extend him moving forward. I don't want to go in to the off season with him going into the final year of his deal. Um, but I think, let's say the Jets are picking 10, right? If you're sitting at 10, there could be a good tackle that falls to you. I don't think you necessarily have to trade up. There's going to be a bunch of good quarterbacks in this draft. So if the Jets do finish somewhere in that top 10 there's potential of them sliding back a little bit i would love to move back a little bit if there's not a tackle that you really covet um i think edge and tackle are kind of where i'm looking in the first round as like priority needs possibly uh i'm just hoping we don't have to go either of those routes by this time or by draft time this year next year um safety I would say safety and linebacker are are really big concerns that you can fill in the second and third round. Uh, If there's an elite guy that you like, like a Devin Lloyd, like a, you know, insert whoever else, uh, Kyle Hamilton. Maybe there's someone in this draft like Kyle Hamilton. I digress. Um, I still think those are areas of need as well. And it depends how free agency goes too, right? Like depending on how free agency shakes out, that will change and impact how we decide to draft. I'm not even thinking <laughs> about the draft yet. Like that's not that's not where mine my mind is at whatsoever. Single in Santa Monica, a Brett activated channel. What's up, Brett? Uh, he says improved planning. Many times two DBs near the ball. It felt so. DJ Reed called out the Jets. Uh, coaching staff and a little bit of the player saying, Hey, we need to simplify some stuff. Simplify the defense. Well, it felt like our players were able to react to the plays and play with instinct as opposed to needing to think about what was going on. And I like that. It didn't feel like we were out of position yesterday. Now, some of that does have to play in with, you know, Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, you know, a guy that probably should not be starting and then a rookie quarterback. Four interceptions, 
I don't want to blow this out of the water by any stretch of the imagination, but it feels like it felt like we were in control. We were able to make some mistakes and still win the game. That's what I'm taking away from that. And that's kind of uh, how I felt. AbLab says, hey, bro, great win. What is Miami's defensive flaw that we could exploit? I'll be honest. I don't know. I've been so enamored with their offense that I haven't paid a ton of attention to the defensive side of the ball for them. I would say I like our weapons on the offensive side for us more than a lot of other teams' defenses. And that's the first time I've been able to say that in a, in a really long time. But I feel like there's no team in the NFL that has that many good corners that could stack up against Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, plus Uzama, Conklin, Brees Hall, Carter. Like, I think there is enough talent on this roster that you can scheme guys open based on matchup. So I... That feels good to say. <laughs> that feels really good to say. Oh, man. All right. What time is it? We're at 835. Let's go to the phone calls. You get three minutes to plead your case. And after three minutes, I'm going to eject you from the cockpit. Let's see. Call a number. Oh, that's not what I wanted. Where is it? Call in number is on the screen. You get three minutes. After three minutes, you're out of here. Oh boy, who we got? From Charles Gorman. Hey, what's up, Charles? Welcome to the cockpit. Hey, Ryan, how are you, buddy? Ah, dude, I'm hanging in there. How'd you feel about this Jets win? To be honest with you, I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but Robert Sala definitely impressed the hell out of me yesterday in terms of the fact that he was smart to go to arguably the best offensive lineman we've had mm -hmm. since Nick Mangold to Brigasar Ferguson and Elijah Vera Tucker and say, can you play less tackle for us? And, of course, Elijah said yes, and he dominated the last tackle. To me, he was the MVP of the fucking game. People could say, what about the defense? What mm -hmm. about what you saw? What about Zach Wilson's fourth-quarter performance? To me, he was the MVP because – we needed a left tackle because George Fan was banged up. Dwayne Brown banged up. Connor McDermott sucks at left tackle. So we bring in Elijah Vera Tucker, and he dominated. He didn't allow a sack. He didn't allow too many pressures. And the team, even though they were a bit inconsistent, they didn't panic. They, they gelled when they needed to gel. And that was it, man. I was very impressed with defense. Jeff Oberg, I said this to Richie earlier this early in this afternoon. He gets mm -hmm. a cookie. He doesn't get a biscuit. He gets a cookie. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Dude, this was a, an impressive game. Elijah Vera Tucker, I think, has easily been our offensive MVP this year from like an oh, all. Th this guy's got to make the Pro Bowl this year. I don't even know what position you'd put him at because the dude's just been so successful wherever he goes. Well, to be brutal honest with you, Ryan, I don't want to sound like a jackass, but I don't really care for the Pro Bowl. Oh, actually, I there is no Pro Bowl, Bowl right? <laughs> they, they, they just changed that the other day. There is no Pro Bowl. It's a Wait, skills what? challenge now. Yeah, they got rid of the Pro Bowl. Well, to me, I never really cared for the Pro Bowl. I thought it was always a dick measuring contest, you know, popularity contest. <laughs> Plus, um, 
Washington well, Tucker, I mean, this guy, if you go look at his career in USC, he was kind of like Bruce Matthews. He played all over the line and he dominated. Mm-hmm. And and he dominated. He's been great with the Jets. Can Do you play Madden? I have, yes. I, I don't play it currently, but I do. overall in Madden, Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, that's because he's a Jet. That's what it is. If he was on a better team, he'd have a higher score. I don't take too much stock in the Madden rankings, mainly because the Jets have been I bad for so long. I just don't think I've enjoyed playing Madden. I, I don't either, but I think it's stupid. <laughs> but here's what I do like about this Jet team. Mm-hmm. They play hard for Robert Sala, but they need to be consistent. Yeah, of course. That's definitely a, a huge factor in a young team trying to figure it all out. Have a good day, Ryan. Take it easy, brother. Thank you so much for the call. You have been ejected from the cockpit. Love it. Absolutely love it. I'm going to jump back to the phones in just a second. Travis comes in and says, I'm getting more pumped up for when the Jets come to Denver. Travis, I'm assuming you're in Denver. Better be at the game. Better be representing. I love it. Love it. The Denver game does not seem as daunting as it once did. But the Jets got to take care of business. One game at a time, on to Miami. Take care of Miami. Then we think about the next week. And the next week. week. What's good, brother? Welcome to the cockpit. Ryan, what's going on, brother? What's good with you, man? (laughs) Talk to me. Tell me something nice, brother. Talk to me nice. Dude, I friggin' love how Elijah Vera Tucker played. I love how Zach Wilson came back, and I love our weapons. The defense looks like it's pretty stout. Tell me how you're feeling after this past weekend's game. You know, let's give 84 some love. He's Mm kind of been the whipping boy, especially on SMY. Yes. Getting paid big bucks. Not showing up, but having the poise to go out there, brush all that off, put your head down, keep it going, and make some real solid catches down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, that says a lot about that dude. And we got to give him some more love and some more props, definitely. Yeah, I'm a big Corey Davis fan. That's something that I never understood. People were like, oh, let's trade him. Let's get his contract off the books. Let's put Denzel Mims out onto the field. I, I like Corey Davis a lot. I think there's a clear... Um, connection with him and Zach Wilson, I think we are foolish to try and move on from him at all. Definitely, definitely humble guy. Met him at the green and white scrimmage this year. Very mm-hmm. humble dude, very cool dude. I really liked um, him in last year's, I think it was episode one or two, they had an episode on him for One Jets Drive, and he just seems like such a down-to-earth guy. Very stoic, yeah. very quiet individual, but super good teammate. Let's yes, a lot of love. Give eighty four some love, y'all. But um, Zach, man, down the stretch during mm-hmm. money time, crunch time. I mean, I think what he was he five for five in third down conversions. He was what twelve fourteen. Of he was ten of twelve in, in the fourth down. quarter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this guy. I mean, he really showed us a lot, man, and showed us why we took him number two why the future is bright and he can be a franchise quarterback and you know to be a little rusty but come down the stretch in the clutch man that that's that takes a lot of stones brother you already Mm -hmm. know 
it seems like the game is not too big for him. And that's kind of what we wanted to see at this point uh, in his second season. Definitely, definitely. And got to love, you know, the way the defense play, you know, to come out strong like that. And, you know, we've been complaining about this team coming out like mm-hmm. days ago, the first few weeks, not starting off fast, but they really, I think, put the pedal to the metal, like the mm-hmm. coach loves and, you know, came out with a plan, executed it. I mean, of course, we want to have a couple of plays back, you know, the interceptions, but, mm-hmm. you know, I take that, that, that gritty, that hard-nosed, gutsy win any day of the week, bro. Dude, I love it. I love it, brother. You Get have been here. ejected from the cockpit. <laughs> I love the chicken, boys and girls. You got three minutes on the clock after three minutes. Ab Lab Studios. Yo, what's up, Ab Lab? How you doing? How you feeling? Victory Monday, man. Yes. Yeah, and Victory Monday, Mojet Nation. What's up? It's Ab Lab. You know, we got to bring all this fire, man. Dude, when's the last City time we Miami. had two Victory Mondays in three weeks? <laughs> that doesn't happen uh, to us. It doesn't. And now, you know, we're looking at the Dolphins. So let me just say one thing really mm-hmm. quick. I know I got three minutes, man. Mm-hmm. ABT, man. Like you said, he's looking like an early candidate for the Pro Bowl. But Dude. Let me ask you this. I wonder what if they're, are they going to vote on the Pro Bowl and just not do it? I need your expertise, brother. I need your expertise. Go for it. I need your expertise. What if they, what if they game planned, right, during Mm -hmm. the game? Mm -hmm. Now, this may sound crazy, but let's say you start him, you know, at at, at right, Mm -hmm. at right guard, and then you move him to left tackle on one or two plays. And sometimes if they're like, Run and play the scheme. It kind of would keep. Don't you think it would keep the defense a little bit on its toes that they have to focus on a lineman that could just move positions like that, like two, like very important positions. What do you think about that? Is that crazy? I I think it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> I think yeah. I think the I think the 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 confusion that it could cause the defense is minimal compared to the confusion it's going to cause our offensive line as a whole. Yeah. I would much rather he's ABT so, stay at a position for an entire game. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, the thought process back? isn't crazy. I'm cool with like outside the lines, like outside the book uh, or outside of the box thinking, but I, I would I mean, be concerned moving it, him like that. He literally did that against Sunday. You know, he was sure. playing tackle and he had to move. I mean, he was playing guard. He had to move the tackle. So well, the they started him at it. left tackle the whole game yesterday. So, like, mm-hmm. at least he, yeah, he, he started, first rep of the day was left tackle. Damn. I thought we had, I thought we had a crazy X factor right I there. mean, it, he is an X factor, right? Like, left guard, right guard, left tackle. Like, I want to see this guy play every position on the offensive line this year. Like, <laughs> you I, know Exactly, I don't. I don't want to see anyone else get hurt. But it, when Brown comes back, maybe you put AVT on the right tackle. Like that would be a little crazy. I don't necessarily want to see that. <laughs> but I'm not gonna like totally say no. <laughs> like I want the best don't line in me, front of. Don't roast of... me in the chat, y'all. I'm just be getting hyped. And yo, Zach, I don't care what Abby. I know I'm about to get booted, but I'm gonna say this about Zach. <laughs> all Go right? for it. He's got all those tools around him. He's down four tackles, right? Trevor Lawrence has all these tools around him. He's doing good, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing, the difference is, is adverse times. It was adversity. 
Mm-hmm. He was in a hostile environment and adversity. He came through. That's something that separates good from great when he has that great gene in him. Brother, I love it. Hope and Zach's got that great trait inside of him. It seems like he does. Who we got on the line? James. James, what's up, dude? Welcome to the cockpit. Hey, Ryan. I I, I was I know they won, and I'm I'm happy they won. It was a great game. Mm-hmm. ABT was great, and to me, Zach was real. He made some great passes. Dude, some of those throws. The throw to Corey Davis was on a rope. The one where he was kind of falling over, and we weren't sure if he caught it right away, and they were going to run up to the line of scrimmage. Like, on a rope. I also think the uh, offensive coordinator, LaFleur, had a great game. That The pass where Corey Davis caught in the end zone mm-hmm. uh, that got him to 17, That it was only a, you know, a four or five-yard play, but that was a great route. I mean, he oh, was yeah. wide open. Dude, you know, and LaFleur had a good game this past week. I think you got to see just how good uh, the offense can be called when you have the player meant for the offense actually on the field in Zach Wilson. Zach seems to really like – he favors Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, but I have yes. no doubt you know, he'll gain that uh, familiarity with uh, Garrett Wilson as well. Yeah, Absolutely. I think I think it's just a matter of time. I, I, I the one thing that really bothered me yesterday mm-hmm. when they made it when when they made it twenty seventeen, and the defense went on the field. I wanted to see some fire, and I saw a couple of plays where it's like a couple of defensive linemen weren't even rushing. I'm like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and when Pittsburgh ran the ball, it seemed like their D line was getting blown up. And I'm like, where's the fight? Because I just wanted to see Salah, like, smack a couple of guys in the head and say, what are you doing? You know, it, it now felt, they got the turnover. I didn't feel like the rushing defense was horrible yesterday. I felt like we kept them in check. I mean, a lot of that had to do with us actually having a little bit of a lead for a bit there. Like, they were forced to pass. If this team can play with a lead, that plays into our hand. It plays into our pass rushers generating pressure. It generates... Uh, you know, opportunities for our cornerbacks, our defensive backs to get interceptions. We had four yesterday. When's the last time the Jets had four turnovers, four interceptions? Like, <laughs> that's nuts. And shockingly, uh, Gardner didn't get any of them. I know. I had to- I had over two and a half interceptions for Sauce Gardner on the year, and I feel like yesterday was one of the days he should have had one. Oh, also, the, the, uh, I, I heard you talking about him on the Cheetah. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to see him on the Cheetah. I, want I know. You'd rather have Reed probably, right? Yeah, and I would put the other corner on the cheetah because the height is similar. Where Jamar yeah, Chase I, is a little taller. I can understand. You see, you want Sauce on Waddle, Hill on right. uh, Hill oh, with Reed. Yeah, Waddle. I would like to see safety help over the top on both guys. Like, I don't want these guys blowing the lid off us. Like, if they catch a short pass and they scramble for a hundred yards, that's one thing. But I don't want to get beat over the top, brother. Thank you so much for the call. You have been ejected from the cockpit. Who we got? All from Joe. Joe, real quick before I put you on the clock, I just want to get to a super chat real fast, so just hang tight. Uh, Travis says, already have my ticket for when the Jets come to Denver. I'll be wearing my Michael Carter 2 jersey. Travis, 
That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be looking for you in the stands, my brother. All right. Talk to me, Joe. How you feeling? Feeling great, man. That mm-hmm. was a great comeback. Oh, felt good, right? Like I feel like there's uh, hope <laughs> when we take the field and we're down. Like I don't like panic right away anymore. I'll tell you, I got to give credit to the offensive line this time mm-hmm. because there were so many injuries that they were dealing with, and they try to the best they can, you know, play as one unit. Elijah Vera Tucker, you could tell, man, he's the real deal. Oh, dude, you know? filthy. And uh, Zach Wilson, I give a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. Me and you've been talking about him, man. We knew he's a dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he it. came out. He shut some people up. Look, there's still plenty of things to clean up. Don't get me wrong. But you yeah. saw how talented this guy is. Absolutely. I think he's going to get the ball a little faster out. And that's one thing he has to work on. Mm-hmm. And I think he will. Yeah, I think um, he's still think not. He's gotta... I'm sorry. I was going to say, he's still not necessarily playing within the offense like he's still kind of trusting his receivers to get open after he kind of makes some defensive lineman miss holds the ball a little too Mm -hmm. long i mean there there were opportunities uh that were generated because he did that but you're starting to see him get a little more confident a little more you know he's stepping up in the pocket a little bit more i think you're seeing more accurate throws because of it i think they made a, a comment about that during the game cast as well i think one thing mike lafleur needs to do though if there's a receiver that's hot you need mm-hmm. to go to him more. I mean, yeah. that's what the 49ers did with Jerry Rice when mm-hmm. he was on. You know, maybe he had 190 yards in one game. Mm-hmm. Yes, you might not be able to please every other receiver, but the bottom line is you want to win. Mm-hmm. So if Gary Wilson is that man whom you think, for instance, uh, Elijah Moore in that game in the beginning mm-hmm. was very hot, I mm-hmm. think he should have kept going back to him. But they stopped for some reason because he's trying to please everybody. The bottom line is the way he – treats Corey Davis, mm-hmm. you know, like that seems like his go-to man, in my opinion. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with just having him through training camp last year and being able to to play with him early through last season. Uh, and then he didn't have him when he came back, only had really Braxton Berrios, had a little bit of Elijah Moore there for a stretch. I think you'll see that chemistry start to develop across all the receivers. But, you know, I'm fine with him spreading the ball between Elijah Moore and Corey Davis until he figures out that connection with Garrett Wilson. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, Zach just came back from, you know, four weeks, uh, three weeks down, you mm-hmm. know, with an injury. And he, pass rating wasn't good, but he did great, in my opinion, for what he had to deal with, especially with all those injuries in offensive line. I'm, re- I'm very happy. I'm, I'm really impressed with Zach Wilson in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this was a game that I was hoping to see some positives, and I saw some of those positives, and I saw a few negatives, but it's not negatives that I didn't think could not be addressed. Like, I think there's things to work on, but this was exactly what I wanted to see, and gritting out a game like this and getting the win just feels so much better because this really could have gone the other direction in a quarterback that hasn't played in seven weeks. So I, I'm really happy with what we got out of Zach yesterday. Brother, thank you so much for the call. You're out of here! been ejected. From the cockpit. All right. Three minutes on the clock. Plead your case after three minutes. You get the chicken. I see Brett over there saying, different game with Watt off the edge. 100%. But it might be a different game if we had one of our top four tackles as well. Keep that in mind. Who we got? 
Call from Clay Wavy. Clay, what's up, dude? Welcome to the cockpit. Ryan, what's up? Ryan, get there for me. Ah, uh, dude, I am having a good old victory Monday. It's nice being a Jet fan this year in the first two weeks, first four weeks of the season. Two wins. It feels good. Listen, Ryan, I got a couple hot takes. I'm just going to spit them out, and then whatever connects you the most, we just go up for there. All right, let's go. All right. Who would have thought we would be 2-2 two and two at this point? 500 should not even feel this good. I feel like we're winning the Super Bowl, and that's really bad that 500 feels this good. Uh, yeah, dude, well, that's just it. Like 500 right now, if you had told me coming into the season, those were the two games I thought might be wins. They were like, okay, backup quarterback, no Watson, and then Steelers, Kenny Pickett, or Mitch Trubisky seem like, you know, plausible wins. But, like, based on how the preseason went and everything leading up to it, I was like, looks a lot less likely. And then the way the NFL works, now you got Miami without mm-hmm. Tua. And you mm-hmm. know what? There's a lot of hope for that game. So, uh, really, really interesting position we're in. And then, of course, uh, the Milfinator himself, Zach, is back. And I'll be honest, uh, watching Flacco, I was at the Ravens game in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to bump it to you guys, but just mm-hmm. watching Flacco these first three weeks just really made me feel, really made me miss seeing Zach. Now that he's back out on the field, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot what it feels like just to watch something entertaining. Dude, the, the athleticism with Zach just pops off the tape. Oh, it just makes it fun. It's like, at least we have a chance. He's going to have his, you know, uh, bo- uh, uh, bonehead moves every now and then. But for mm-hmm. the most part, he's just entertaining. He's an athlete, and you can tell he wants to be out there. So it's just so refreshing to see him. Um, I don't know what Zach's trajectory is. Honestly, especially after the Sam Darnold experiment, I'm just over trying to predict how good they will or won't be. I just want to see him play while he's in his prime, and you know, let's just hope for the best. Dude, 100%. Um, that's just it. Like, it, it, At this point in time, it's sitting back and just – let him wow us. Let him let him use his athleticism. Let's do see some of that stuff. That's what we were hoping for with Sam. It feels almost like there's not as much support for Zach as there was for Sam. And I think a lot of that has to do with like, oh, do we keep Sam? Do we move on from Sam? Do we, you know, like that whole weird sort of situation. And then like even like mm-hmm. Bart Scott and those guys, they kind of threw a little bit of shade towards Zach for a while. And I don't know if it's just because they didn't take Justin Fields or they wanted Mac Jones or something like that, but... I feel like Zach's fighting an uphill battle. I shouldn't say an uphill battle, but he's fighting more than I feel like he might need to. Yeah, especially within the fan base. But you know what? I'm going to root for the guy. And mm-hmm. last but not least, I got, I got a love and hate list. Just a couple of names that I love and a couple of names that I, that I don't. You know, Okay. Fit them off. So, Quinn and Williams, I, I love you. I love you, man. Quan Alexander, I love you. Uh, mm-hmm. Elijah Berry Tucker, that's my guy. I love him, too. Michael Carter, that's another guy I love. You know, uh, I got a couple names I don't love. Uh, Conklin, I fucking hate that guy. Uh, <laughs> Dowell Loggins. Like that's it. You're out of here! <laughs> I, I enjoyed that, <laughs> but time to move on. Who okay. we got? Brett in Santa Monica. Yo, what's up, Brett? How you doing? Oh, Ryan. How are you, buddy? Good, good, good. How'd you feel about our win yesterday? You know, first off, I want to thank you personally because what you've done is you've created a community of people who are now, like, starting their own channels. Now, I only watch Mm -hmm. you and Green Bean pretty much Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, but it's amazing how many people are popping up and, like, Mm -hmm. they're just so passionate about talking about the Jets. It's Um, nice. We got a little community going. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so living in Santa Monica, you know, I don't mm-hmm. get to watch every game, the whole game, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of it's based on many factors. So, like, for me to be able to pop in when, you know, you guys are on or, or something like that, like, it mm-hmm. really helps, you, you know, you feel how you did when I was in, 90, you know, 96 at the game, you know? Yeah, Even yeah. Though, but now we're good. So it's well, it feels, like, it feels like we're connected, right? Like, there's so many of us spread out across, not even just the United States, but, like, other countries. we got, like, the Irish, the Scottish, the English, the, we had some Argentinians. We had a whole bunch of guys all over the world. Yeah, for sure. But getting to the game, uh, so I, I think, like, one guy I really want to point out is DJ mm-hmm. Reed. I, I think that was an amazing signing. Just mm-hmm. watching the Instagram, you know, it seems like he's a vocal leader for these guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, he totally shored up our corners, mm-hmm. you know, with him and Sauce. It's like, and that's what I, you know, I, I said that super chat earlier about, you mm-hmm. know, how, how good our secondary looks. But it's like, I think he's just such a key signing for us. Oh, hundred percent. He's, I think he's been our best signing so far. Like as much as I like Conklin and I like where Uzama may wind up going, Reed has been the guy that has really, you know, between bringing him and Sawson, our corners are locked down right now. Like I, I'm not afraid of most other teams wide receivers. Yeah. And then one other thing before I get chicken, uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, the whole culture thing. So, you know, I've been pretty hard on Salah, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, but, but for, for tactical things, uh, now that he cleaned up some tactical things this week, I think having, you know, this whole culture thing, um, when, when the tactics are good, that's when you can see people buying in and it all comes together. And I think that's what happened this week. And I hope it continues. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Dude, I think the coaching staff is starting to kind of figure it out. Cause remember they're still young too. They're trying to run an offense without their starting quarterback. There's a whole lot of, you know, number four or five left tackle. Like you're, you're spread so thin to be able to have some success with all this stacked against you with the New York media kind of lashing out. Uh, it is kind of nice to see this. And I think maybe put Brown at right tackle when he comes back, if Mitchell's not available, I I really like what I saw at AVTL left tackle. And if we got to keep this right guard, we signed, he played pretty well. Yeah, I'm not upset with uh, with how the offensive line played, and I'm the only concern with moving Brown to right tackle would be like the old dog new tricks kind of a thing. Like maybe AVT can kick over to the right hand side. Even though I loved how he played, but Brett, thank you so much for the call. You've been ejected from the cockpit. Um, let's see, I got a few super chats over here. Let me just address these real quick. King Choice. Thank you so much. Says, did you see Brady Quinn arguing with Jets fans on his last Instagram post? LOL, it got nasty and disrespectful on both sides. No, but I'm about to look that up right now. Let's see. Someone's got to tag me in this stuff. I like this whole uh, talking shit. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a, I was talking to Richie. Richie and I are going to be going live uh, Friday, I think with some Dolphins guys. Um, but we are, I love talking shit. I could talk shit for days <laughs> and for the jets to finally start being like halfway decent. I can feel it. We're right there. We're on the cusp of being able to rant and yell. All right. Let's see. Anyone talking up? I have no idea. His most recent post. <laughs> I see jets. How about the jets? Oh, nine prediction now for you, Brady Quinn, Indiana jets fan. I saw you in there very cool send me some screenshots of that i want to see uh what this uh guy's been saying yo it's vin says let's and go think we have any blowout wins this year i would love to see it if there's one game i hope we blow 
out of the water. If there was one situation, I would, well, aside from like, you know, somehow shocking Buffalo, like that would be crazy because then be like, oh, wow, we got a shot long term here. But I think if there was any game that we could blow someone out of the water that would feel really good, it's the Patriots. And I want it to be in their house. Like as much as I want to win in MetLife against the Patriots, I want it to be in their house and I want to embarrass them. That's really what I want to see. All right. Let's go to the lines. Should probably click on the browser source. There we go. All right. Phone number's on the screen. You got three minutes to plead your case. After three minutes... That's it! You're out of here! You're going to get ejected. Who we got? Lima Bean. Lima Bean, what's up, dude? Welcome back to the cockpit. Uh, nothing sweeter than Victory Monday, man. I tell you that. Dude, it's nice to have a few of these this year. I mean, how long have we gone into seasons where it's like, okay, we still don't have a win. We still don't have a win. Way we still don't long. have a win. Way, way too long. But, I mean, it's still kind of irritating to hear New York Sports Radio call the Giants better than the Jets, but like, mm-hmm. have they really played. But that being said, like, Zach Statline is very deceiving because just watching him play, like, especially in that fourth quarter, like, yeah, he was rusty. That one interception was really bad, but the Tyler Conklin one, that's more on Conklin, I think. And mm-hmm. that O-line, like, I give ABC credit, but it still wasn't that great. We had no run game, like, almost. Like, he was get, it was getting stuffed, and I think what showed something is that he had a lot of third and longs. It wasn't like he was completing, like, third and one, third and two. Like, he, he was down, like, really far back, and he had to make some clutch throws after clutch throws. Like, 10 of 12 for 152 yards and a touchdown in the rushing thing, like, that's just – that's – that's something he shows me more poise and confidence than Sam Darnold. I wasn't a Darnold hater by any stretch. I rooted for him when he was here, but sure. Darnold was like scared in the pocket like throughout his time. Maybe that was the Jets and the coaching staff for him, but that being said, like Zach is way tougher than Sam ever will be, I think. Now I yeah. definitely think the offensive line under Zach is like a hundred times better than it was ever for Sam Darnold. So I do think there is a little bit of True, but know. at the same time, like, you know, we're missing, like, we're down to our fifth tackle, for goodness sake. Like, uh, it's just, it's hard to, like, at this point, I'd rather see Aaron Judge play left tackle than Connor McDermott. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's rough out there. So we got to fix that. That's the, Once we see his offensive line completely gel with Zach, I really feel he'll, he's going to take off. Mm-hmm. Also, um, just it'll get the running game going. Cause once that, like, he did that with, like, no run game. So all the pressure was on his arm in his first game back against a desperate Steelers team. Like, that's something. And then, I don't know if you see this, but in the post game, like the wide receivers and a lot of the players, they're really like loving Zach. Like, I mean, the only one I think that didn't like him was JVR and then maybe Mc, uh, Connor McGovern for an extent because, you know, that Patriots play still rubs me the wrong way. But they're yeah. like, that's my quarterback. Corey Davis was like almost in tears talking about him. Like, it was just, I mean, the fact that Bart Scott called him a franchise quarterback after all the heat, like he's given him, you know, just. Hey man, like I, I guess we're looking at what Justin Fields is doing with that. Like, it's, they're sounding like Sam Donald like fans still trying to defend Justin Fields. So it's been good to see. I really feel good with this kid. So before I get the chicken, just you know, mm-hmm. get Miami. It's going to be a tough game. Hopefully the pass rush doesn't get to him and he just has time to like throw. Once he does that, I think it's going to be really good. Like, that's my, yeah, dude. Uh, take. Dude, I'm I'm thinking this kid's going to be really good. I'm looking at Justin Fields. I think he had like eight completions in like two games. I think he had like 11 completions in another game. Like, he's the same He's the same quarterback he was in Ohio State, a one-read quarterback that relies on his mm-hmm. leg and only throws to guys that are completely open. Zach was making tight throws and tight windows. 
he almost sucks, and so does Matt Rule and Kyle Lyon. So it's really cool to see that like go down in flames. Love it, brother. You have been ejected from the cockpit. Uh, Everaldo says, Ryan, can you stand up and do the gritty, please? Not for $2. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, not going to do it. <laughs> not going to do it. I'm going to embarrass myself. It's got to be for more than $2. Uh, who we got on the line? Mike the Barber. Mike the Barber. What's up, dude? Welcome to the cockpit. Hey, so how do you feel about making Zach throw more shorter passes, increasing from 50% to more 75%? I love the idea of getting the ball into our playmakers' hands earlier, especially Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, you know, near the line of scrimmage. But I'm not afraid of having, like that 50% completion percentage, it looks bad for a box score, but I think the offensive line and the the pressure that the Steelers were able to generate on us, and Zach holding the ball a little bit too long, played a little bit of a factor into that with him having to throw the ball away. Some drops played into that. I do think he winds up being closer to a 60 to 65% completion percentage if you remove those, uh, you know, those opportunities. But if you can get him up to 75% and now you're saying, okay, look at, uh, what the average distance of a pass play is. I think it's like seven yards or six yards. If you can do that three times in a row, you're always going to get a first down. And if your average percentage of completing the pass is 75%, like you can throw it three times, you're going to get a first down. That's basically what that math sort of yeah. says. He throws down the field way too often. There's just, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't be Aaron Rodgers. I think it's exciting for sure. And I think there's, I, I think some of his play style, holding onto the ball, scrambling around behind the line of scrimmage, that will generate longer plays because guys are breaking further open. They're able to get some more yak. I think leading his receivers, there were a few few instances of that. I want to say Garrett Wilson had one of them and Corey Davis had the other where he led them perfectly and they were able to generate that yak that we weren't really getting last year because some of his accuracy was just a touch off. The kid plays like he's a man. Right? That's what it feels like. It feels like there's someone just controlling him and they're like, okay, we're going to build a guy that uh, he's he's pretty quick. He's got elusiveness, got a cannon for an arm, uh, but we can't use all our, like, yeah. you know, can't use all our stats on one section. So we got to, you know, work him up from the rookie status and whatnot. Um, Why don't we the kid's get him fun mature? to watch. What was that? Why don't we get him mature? Zach. I, say that again? get him mature as developed as a quarterback. Oh yeah. Well, that's what they want to see, right? Like they want to see him develop within the system and him holding onto the ball too long is not really developing within the system, but I want to see him react as opposed to having to think what the defense is doing. Like if they could set him up where he can put someone in motion, he sees, okay, we're in man coverage. I know based on the linebackers leverage, he's going to go this way and I need to go that way or the blitz is coming from my left. I need to throw it at the blitz. So that way there's no defender on that side. He'll be fine. He's a smart kid. I, like I think so, too. I think he's got all the talent in the world. I think the Jets are really lucky to have such a kid behind <laughs> Brother, you have You're been ejected from the cockpit. I hear this is Zach Wilson's nickname. Dick Cramp says, a <laughs> little early to be cashing in them receipts. When or if playoffs come is a different story. Uh, yeah, look, there's... Jet fans, we're allowed to be excited. Last time we had two wins, four games into a season. 
I don't even know. 2015 probably? Without looking at like records and shit? I have no idea. It's been a long time. Don't rain on my parade, dick cramp. Who we got on the phone line? From Mark from Asbury. Mark from Asbury Park. What's up, dude? Welcome to the cockpit. Victory Monday. <laughs> it's nice, right? You know, it's rare. And um, I'm a chef. So Mondays I usually have off. And I love, 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 love your call-in show on Monday. So thank you, brother. Ah, dude, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. What's your uh, food of choice since you're a chef? Right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, chefs are notorious junk food junkies. Ooh. So Frosted Flakes has a chocolate Halloween <laughs> thing. And don't judge me. That's all right. I'm, I'm eating it with vodka. <laughs> You're eating with vodka? <laughs> um, yes, and I don't have milk because I didn't stop at Quick Check. Like, like, are you saying vodka in your Frosted Flakes or like a glass of vodka with your Frosted Flakes? Um, both. <laughs> you sound like a chef. I work in, in the banquet industry, in the golf uh, industry with golf outings and whatnot. And I know a bunch of chefs. I, I can understand <laughs> maybe a cup of vodka with your uh, with your Frosted Flakes yeah. for sure. Um, so, so tonight we toast. I'm watching the Yankees, and no one's pitching to judge. Mm-hmm. And um, but um, question: mm-hmm. so, offensive line, mm-hmm. um, AVT, wow, superstar, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's our best offensive lineman. It's not even close. But what what have you heard? Because I I just got home. It's uh, 9:11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern time. So what what have you heard about Max Mitchell? So my what I've heard from him is a dislocated kneecap. He's going to be out a few weeks, but it's not a season season ending knee injury. Um, oh so it seems like McDermott's going to be over there for the foreseeable future. And then maybe when you see some of the guys we just signed, if they get up to speed, maybe they replace Mitchell or AVT and AVT slides to the other side. Um. Second question and last question. Sure. Uh, in fantasy, in fantasy, mm-hmm. um, I had um, I had Garrett in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wasn't my best play, but um, what do you project him going forward? Do you think he's like an everyday, every week fantasy play or no? It depends how deep your league is. If you have a twelve-team league with three wide receivers and a flex. I think you could make that case. Um, Now, if you're playing in maybe a 12-man league, two wide receivers and a flex, now you're probably talking, you know, running back. I think he's worth having on your bench for when you have a guy with a bye week. But for right now, until Zach shows that he has that report with him, I don't know if I would start him right away. I'm a a little, like, cold on the Jets wide receiver uh, prospects in terms of fantasy, aside from maybe Corey Davis, just because I know Corey Davis and Zach have that connection. And because I, I, I dropped Metcalf to pick up Wilson, uh, Garrett, um, DK, and, you know, after that two touchdowns. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> no, you got to keep yeah. DK. That's a bad move, my friend. You've been ejected from the cockpit. Ah, oh, I love me some Garrett Wilson, but you can't drop DK. For uh, for Garrett Wilson, that's a bad move, my friend. Not great. 
Ah, I didn't even think to put the game on. Let's see what's going on. What we, what we got game-wise? It's the Rams tonight, isn't it? I think it is. Let's see. Got to mute that. All right. I need Debo to uh, to do something for me tonight. It's funny. I have a 1% chance of winning in one of my leagues because I have the Rams defense. <laughs> and they have, like, Cooper Cup and Debo. And I was like, 1%? That's generous. They're already beating me by, like, 40 points. I guess if Debo and Cup both get hurt <laughs> and the defense has, like, returns for touchdowns. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. Sports Frenzy says, Zach just needs to play consistently, like in the fourth quarter, and he'll be elite, an elite franchise quarterback. Mitt agrees with me. He says, you don't drop DK. Can't drop DK. Sean Bennett, what college did Steve Young play for? Kind of interesting, isn't it? Yes, he played for BYU. Fingers crossed, right? Can always hope. Mumtaz, thanks, dude. Mumtaz comes in with a super chat, says, do we need to dress up some <laughs> MILFs as running backs and tight ends to help Zach improve his short passing accuracy? Man, does he know how to hit a hole. <laughs> he knows how to use everything he's got. <laughs> oh, God. Man, this would be a good manscape, Dad. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I, can't, I can't go too much further with this without going completely on a tangent uh sky c says hey ryan super impressed with our jets new improved fight till the last second comeback attitude the team is believing and we've got nfl stars in the making this is an exciting team this is really exciting because this isn't like 2015 when you had revis cromarty marshall ivory fitz Decker, like those were guys that were 30 years old, starting to get past their prime. Like maybe you had some guys that were like 29, but by and large, that was an aging team with a last, last gasp shot at trying to make the playoffs. This to me is exciting because it's all young. All these guys are within two years of the, uh, you know, coming into the league. When you have your veterans, guys like DJ Reed, Guys like Whitehead that are still young. They're still like 27 years old. Like these guys have more than the average career length left as far as gas in the tank goes. If the average career length for an NFL player is four years, these guys have four years left in them. Not to mention all the young guys we just drafted. We just added five first round picks to this roster over the course of the last two years. And you can even say six if you want to include Brees Hall and maybe even seven if you include Elijah Moore. Like we have a lot of talent that we added to this team very quickly. This is a really, really exciting team to watch. These are NFL stars. These are players you're going to feel good about in the future drafting to your fantasy team. And I know fantasy isn't everything, but there's something nice to be able to, to look at your team and say, that's a that's a guy other teams want. When's the last time the Jets had guys other teams wanted? Like, I feel like I can confidently look at all our weapons and say, I'll take our weapons versus their defense. Like, all the time. I don't know if there's going to be a situation through this entire season unless we suffer some major injuries where I look 
and I see the defense of the other team, and I see our weapons, and I say, uh, maybe I don't want to take the Jets. That's not going to happen. We are like five wide receivers deep. We've got two tight ends and one very promising rookie. And then you also have the running backs. Like, I, I am happy. We have surrounded our quarterback in a way we never have in the last few years. We have an offensive line that's better that, than we've had since 2010 or 11, whatever. Debo Samuel, this is good. I needed a touchdown from him. <laughs> I had any time touchdown from Debo, so that's good. Um, I should probably look and see what my other parlays were. But the Jets, yeah, look, this is exciting. Jets have some playmakers. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. As long as everyone stays healthy, or at least the majority of our guys stay healthy, and Zach stays healthy, I'm going to be a happy camper. Going to be a real, real happy camper. We're going to see some really fun games this year, too. Debo, oh, wow. Nice high point. Juke. Oh, and he runs. That's why you would have given up number 10 for him. This guy's an animal. Impressive. Takes, what, a 12-yard pass? Gets it the entire, entire way down the field. Nice to see it. Nice to see it. Um, all right, what else we got talking about? The Highlander Prime says, Ryan, another key quality of a franchise quarterback is how quickly he... Moves the team down the field on drive. Zach has that. He did that against the Bucks and Philly last season. Yes, there is the threat of Zach striking at a moment's notice. Like, I don't get that same vibe with Flacco. I didn't get that same vibe with Sam. Like, Sam was never, like, a strong-armed quarterback. Like, it wasn't his game. He could not hit Robbie Anderson deep. That was an issue. Now, I think when you look at Zach... Maybe some of the concern is the gunslinger mentality. Like if you can get him to have those little five yard, seven yard completions and kind of methodically move down the field, like the way we saw Flacco move the field against the Browns, like that's an exciting type. I shouldn't say exciting, but it's an efficient way to move down the field, keeping the clock not moving. Like you're stopping it. You have no timeouts or you operate the way that Zach did yesterday. It's nice seeing that really was. Mumtaz says, yeah, so many weapons. Our number one wide receiver from last year, Braxton Berrios, can't even get on the field. However, why did they ask Ty Johnson to return kicks? Now, I think Ty Johnson and Berrios were both on the field at the same time returning kicks. So you're seeing two guys. Um, you know what? I'm going to pick up this phone call. I see this person calling. I've seen them pop up a few times. But I'm going to answer okay. Mumtaz's question. Hey, brother, hang on just a second. I'm just getting a Mumtaz super chat. Then I'll hop over to the phone line with you. Uh, so Mumtaz is saying Braxton Barrios can't even get on the field. That is a good problem to have because then you can make specialized plays for him and you can trick other teams or you just have the depth at the position, which is fantastic as well. Ty Johnson returning kicks. Look, I, I'll be honest. Like, I don't care if he's returning kicks i just i feel weird that he has a roster spot more than anything like i feel like there's other running backs that we could have kept or even just rolled with two running backs and then pulled someone off our practice squad and kept a different player at another time or at another position so i'm a little confused with that but we'll see all right caller what's up brother welcome to the cockpit just one question 
What do you True. think the chances are by the trade deadline that we trade Mims and C.J. Mosley for a tackle? Ooh, no shot C.J. Mosley's getting traded. He's got a monster contract. Unfortunately, he's just going to be one that we have to eat at the end of the year, and we're going to save a bunch of money. Um, so I don't think he's getting moved. Denzel Mims is one that can definitely happen. If there's a team that dropped a receiver that's looking for some talent, then I think you have the potential there. But for me, Zach Wilson's development is so much more important than the fourth round pick you might be able to get for Denzel Mims. Now, if someone says, hey, look, we'll give you a third, pull the trigger, 100%. You're not going to get a third other than that. Uh, But if someone goes down and you have an injury... Now, all of a sudden, Mims hops up the the, the list a little bit. I'm okay with that. I, I would rather hold on to him. It, it, it's really kind of that tipping point on what the draft pick is and what team's getting him. Okay. Well, I actually just joined the video. I want to know what your uh, favorite part about yesterday's game was. Ooh, was favorite, favorite, part? favorite part about yesterday's game was definitely the defensive line kind of getting after it. And it wasn't a full onslaught at all. Like, it's not the the pass-rush-happy team that I wanted to see, but we got to see some pressure, and we got to see the defense step up overall. Four interceptions. Yeah, let's call it three interceptions. The fourth one, the, the final one, is kind of a, a Hail Mary. It doesn't really... I don't want to say it doesn't count, but it doesn't really count. Um, I was happy seeing that. I was happy seeing Zach look like he wasn't lost after being off six to seven weeks without playing. That, to me, was the best part because now I look and want to build off of that. It's not like, oh, we saw so much rust, the Jets lost the game, and now we're like, okay, well, you know, at least two is not out there for this game, so maybe we have a shot coming in. Like, I'm glad we won this past week. I'm glad Zach looked the way he did. Now we go in against the Dolphins without Tua, and I want to see him build on it. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate it for your time, man. I can't wait till next week. Ah, dude, I can't wait. Is it Sunday yet? I wish it was. (laughs) Brother, you've been ejected from the cockpit. Ah, love it. Love it, love it, love it. Brady Quinn. The Jets could start 0-9. Kick rocks, Brady. Kick rocks. See what Stack is saying. Stack G. What are you saying? Two and two. He thinks 10 and seven is reasonable. From your lips to God's ears, my friend. Who we got on the call in? From Finney. Finney, what's up, dude? Welcome to the cockpit. Uh, everything is up. Everything's going up jet. <laughs> How are you feeling about yesterday's game? I mean, I knew we were going to win well before. I mean, I saw everyone be pessimistic about, oh, it's the Steelers and blah, 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 Mike Tomlin. Blah, blah. The, the Steelers have a notorious track record of underestimating teams they deem inferior. And let's be honest, do you think they were ever going to respect the Jets? No, but the Jets haven't won in Pittsburgh. They've won like twice in their entire like Once in Pittsburgh, careers. Actually. And then, one. and then in Pennsylvania in general, like we haven't beaten the friggin' Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's get back to this because I, I don't have much time, but I want to make this Go point. for it. But, Fire yeah, away. No, it was a great game. Got to give credit to Salah. Excellent uh, late-game clock management. The funny thing is, you look back on it at the time, you're frustrated, but that penalty that pushed us back to first and 20 mm-hmm. actually helped us because it helped us burn more time off the clock. 
that's not wrong. It's a odd way to look at it, but you're not wrong. I look, I'll be honest. I'd rather score the touchdown there and not have to sweat it out a little bit longer, but yeah, taking time off the clock. Isn't a bad thing either. No, it's not that that's, yeah, that's good coaching there. Look, and this was probably the best game from the defense so far. I mean, people talk about the fact that we had a game with four interceptions. Mm-hmm. When was the last time the Jets had four consecutive games with at least one takeaway on defense? Yeah, I I have no idea. I mean, it's, this feels good. This Turnovers are the number one predicator for success. Like, if you lead the league in turnover differential, you're making the playoffs. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, and, you know, that's the best part of this right now is that the Jets' schedule up ahead for next five games doesn't really look as bad as, you know, we thought it was back in August. I mean, let's be real here. Mm-hmm. The Packers struggled to beat a Patriots team with a third-string quarterback. And mm-hmm. they're going to be coming off London with some serious jet lag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this you got the look- Broncos. You got the Broncos who are a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have talent, but they're just so poorly put together. They're so bo- poorly coached; it's laughable. Mm. Then you yeah. have, then you have the Patriots who are on a third-string quarterback, mm-hmm. and then, like I said, the Dolphins are going to be without Tua. So the only game that's really going to be like I would be surprised the Jets managed to win would be the Bills game. Yeah, I I think the Bills seem like the most daunting task at hand. Yeah, like, I, I'm looking at the I think Packers. If I were to rank it, you'd put it Bills. Dolphins, Packers, Broncos, Patriots. Bills, Dol- I think Bills, Dolphins with Tua, yes. I don't know how, how Broncos with Bridgewater fare. I do think their weapons are so talented. I I think I'd probably go Broncos, Packers, Dolphins just because of Aaron Rodgers. Um, but yeah, dude, I think this is not as daunting as it once was. But thank you so much for the call. You've been ejected, Vinny. I like having this little slider here because now I can rip a burp <laughs> and not fire it into the microphone for you guys. I know you probably want to see that or hear that, but uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, it's probably pretty gross. All right, we got another caller coming in. Who we got? Call from Cole. Cole, what's up, dude? Welcome to the cockpit. Thanks for having me. Uh, oh, love having you on. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Zach Wilson. All right, fire away. But but I do have something to argue with. Okay. All these Steelers fans saying Kenny Pickett really had zero interceptions. None of them were his fault. What about the Conklin interception? Yeah. Like, what's the no, double same thing. standard? Hold? There should absolutely be a statistic or a differentiating statistic where it's like interception – not on the quarterback like you know when a when a wide receiver tips the ball up in the air it's like okay he should have caught it that shouldn't be on the quarterback in my opinion so if you're playing that game then okay yeah you know Kenny Pickett had the one the first bomb he threw the first first throw that was intercepted that was a bad throw but other than that you know the Hail Mary I'm not concerned about and what was the other one who had the other pick Michael Carter where it it, it tipped off the uh off sauce or the receiver like As a Steelers fan, I can look at Kenny Pickett and say, I'm okay with what happened. You know, I'm I'm all right. If that's the way you got to lose, that's a fine first half of play from a rookie quarterback being thrown into a game that did not game plan for this defense. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I I also feel like that 
Fryermuth interception was definitely still his fault because he has to throw that out. Like, just mm-hmm. get it out. No I would worries. say bad decision. Like, I don't think it was because if I remember correctly, it wasn't perfectly off like Fryermuth's hands. Like, like Sauce was covering him pretty tightly. And yeah, just real high. That's, yeah. That's Which, I mean, I guess you could yeah, also I mean, say I the Conklin pass thought. from Zach Wilson was sort of that same-ish. I would say those are on the same level for me. Like, that, like not a great pass should have been caught or at least not been an interception. Yeah. I mean, Sauce, looking at the stats, two receptions, nine yards allowed. I mean, mm-hmm. another great week. Dude, he is talented as all hell. Receivers I, are getting actually- lost in the Sauce. I am amped up for the Hill matchup. Uh, dude, I, I'm, I'm curious to see. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. Does Hill line up with Sauce, or does Hill line up with Reed and they put Waddle with Sauce, or do they do some kind of combo? I don't want to see anyone one-on-one with Hill, I, really I don't think. I'd rather see safety help over the top. Honestly, I really want to see just Sauce gets his one side, Reed gets his one side, boom. Mm-hmm. I've always hated that particular defense style. And I know Salah is from the Legion of Boom, but it was like with Revis, yeah. I always took pride in him following the number one wide receiver as opposed to like Namdi Asamoa or uh, Richard Sherman staying on their one side and just being comfortable over there. Because then you just put your best player on the other side and you just throw away from him. But I, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Love but, it, brother. Uh, Thank you so much for the call. You've been ejected from the cockpit. You're out of here. Ah, oh, so good. So good. Hennessy. Hennessy drops in the chat. Thank you, my friend. Uh, he says, I love Jets talk after a win. We start looking at future games and potential wins like Packers and Broncos. Guys, let's take it one game at a time. We don't want to get up too far ahead of ourselves, but I will say this. Based on the first four games of play, of all these teams, like I'm, I'm talking about Dolphins without Tua. I'm talking about Packers going against a third-string quarterback against the the Patriots. I'm talking about, uh, you know, the the Bear or not the Bears, the the Broncos not necessarily looking great. Like there are some games that looked very losable early, early on. That I think that percentage sort of shifts a little bit. It may not be 50-50, but it might be like, okay, instead of like a seven-point line, maybe it's a four-point line. I'll take that. That's okay. I have no problem with being underdog by just a little bit less. But it is nice talking about, you know, potential games after a Jets win than a potential loss late in the game. I see Robert S. Robert S. has it right Let's squish the fish, baby. It's what I want to see. Love the squish the fish shirts. Hennessy follows that up with, we have to see if the coaching staff can game plan better on a weekly basis. Yes, with this upcoming game. Like, I don't think the Steelers' playmakers were that concerning. Like, I think, uh, I think... Deontay Johnson could have had a touchdown in the back part of the end zone. I think that was like half an inch from being a completed pass. I think Claypool is really good. Uh, and I really like Pickens. I think they have a really, really good complement of wide receivers. Fragment's really good. Najee Harris is really good. Like that's a talented team. When I look at Tyree Kill and Waddle, those are two of the fastest players in the NFL. And you can't, 
I don't want to say you can't defend against speed, but you can't defend against it and make mistakes. Like if, if you slip up against Hall or against Hill, he's going to make you pay. Like you have to be perfect. You have to put multiple guys on these types of weapons. So I think that to me is, is the, the concern there. And how do the Jets bounce back? I shouldn't say bounce back, but how, the, how do the Jets react to this type of weapons matchup? Mikey Miles says, did you see the thing on Twitter? Davis made that catch. I saw it. I looked at it, and that was actually what I was looking at during one of my other calls before. And I still don't think he made the catch. Like, the to me, that completion or near completion is not uh, enough for me to justify that being a catch, in my opinion. I think it's, I think it's close, but I just don't think it's catch. I really don't. I think it was a great almost catch. Like if if that sideline was just a touch closer, then I think it's a, a catch. Indy Colt says, is Sauce locking downhill or Waddle next week? Any news on the Mitchell injury? Um, I think it's just containing. I, I, I don't want to use the term lockdown. If you can lock Hill or waddle down i think it puts us in a great position especially if you can lock one down with one corner and you can shade coverage the other way like that that's gonna be how we win this game if you can do it um you know obviously if we can get some some pressure on teddy bridgewater i think you could rattle him and hit him a little bit um so i don't know i i I do think we'll see sauce a little bit more on waddle than we do on hill but i I'm, i'm fascinated for the matchup um Caller, I did just see you calling in, so give it another call back. I'm just hitting some super chats right now. Then I'll uh, we'll go to the phone lines again. Uh, V-Man. V-Man drops in. Ooh, sorry. Didn't answer the rest of that. Any news on Mitchell? Uh, yes, Mitchell has a dislocated knee. He's going to be out several weeks, but it's not a season ender. Chris, I'm going to answer your phone call. Give me just a second. Chris, ah, oh, you hung up. <laughs> I had him on the line. Uh, sorry. Mitchell's going to be out a few weeks, uh, but he's going to be coming back before the end of the season. It's I think I heard well before the end of the season. So hopefully he's out like a month or something. All right, Chris, I see your phone call. I'm answering it. Call from Chris from Chris from Florida. Stay on the line. I got one more uh, comment I got to get to. Then I'm going to jump over to you. Uh, V-Man. Got you, says, boss. I got you. Get high, people. Get high. <laughs> <laughs> V-Man drops in the Super Chat says, forgot to mention I ran into a high school buddy who's a Pats fan. He looked at me and said, don't say it. I responded, one and three. Is Does that feel good? Like, the Patriots are one and three. The Jets this week playing the Dolphins. Depending on what happens in the Bills game, the Jets could be playing for first place in the division. <laughs> Is that crazy? When's the last time we said that? Oh, I love it. Love it. Chris, talk to me. How you feeling, brother? Everybody stand up and let me hear a J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 baby. Let's go. Zach Wilson is back. Clutch in moment. Boy is taking effect of this offensive team. The team is rallying around him. The team is not trying to delay on opportunities. And the coaching staff truly is showing growth and development. Guys, let's get hyped. We thought this season was going to be tough and rumped, and we were right about it, you know, mm-hmm. the teams that were coming up. But now, with Zach Wilson back on the field, taking the lead, 
it's looking nice. It makes me feel a lot more confident. I look, I'm not I'm not predicting, you know, any kind of win. I do think we should be uh, you know, underdogs for these next probably four or five games. But if we start if we can beat the Dolphins, if we can, you know, put some pressure on the Packers, now maybe you go into Denver and maybe it's, you know, a little bit closer than you otherwise would have thought. I'm smelling some sushi. That's nah, dude, squish the fish. I'm sushi. <laughs> I'm hoping we got hey, serve man, it up. Let's get hyped. Let's get excited. Let me hear a J E T S. Dude, I love it. Talk to me. What was your best part about yesterday's game? I love the the last quarter uh, roundabout. I love mm-hmm. that the defense really got in it. I love that Zach Wilson kept himself on a straight path and everything. Uh, I'm not surprised about the lack of connections with uh, with Wilson to Wilson, but we'll, we'll see that with growth, you know? And like I said, guys, let's get it going. Let's get it hyped. This is not over, and we could be looking at a possible playoff season. Not going to jinx it, but let's get hyped. Let's get excited for this future. <laughs> One game at a time, Chris. One game at a time. Don't make me panic. I don't want to think, you know, rainbows and butterflies. I want I want consistency. And then I'll get excited. I want to see the little emoji at the bottom of the screen says Jets are in the hunt. Once I see that, I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm okay with that word. Let's keep it going. J-E-T-S. Boys, that's Chris from Florida. Thank you so much for the call. You're out of here. Always, always, always a great call. When Chris from Florida is on the line. Thank you so much, brother, for the phone call. What else we saying in the chat? What are we talking about? 1189 Paris says, Dislocated knees could be a problem. Mitchell should get it corrected with surgery after the season is over so he doesn't re-injure it again, a la Zach Wilson. Yeah, no, don't want to see a dislocated kneecap. That's bad news, Bearcats. Who we got? From Matthew. Matthew, what's up, dude? Welcome to the cockpit. What's going on, brother? Ah, dude, it just feels good. <laughs> got to win, finally. I was there. Oh, you were there? Love it. I I drove six hours. Dude, I love it. How defeated were the Steelers fans? Because they must have been hyped up when Kenny Pickett took the field. There there were a lot of Jets fans. A lot of Jets fans. That makes me feel good. I like it when the Jets travel well. They do travel well, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a lot of transplants around the country. Yeah, but when we all... When the game was over, man, the whole stadium took over with the Jets chant. Everybody was hyped. You know, <laughs> dude, that was such an unbelievable feeling. It, dude, it I dumb. feel like when you can get, when the Jets get a road win and there's enough fans, like it doesn't have to be a whole lot, but like, you know, half a section's worth and they start, you know, chanting, they start getting under other people's skin. Love seeing that. Oh, yeah. Be- beautiful. And, you know, I think when Kenny Pickett came in, you should have heard that stadium because mm-hmm. it was on. Tomlin said they needed a spark, and mm-hmm. they got it. Yeah, hundred percent. I and look, Pickett had three interceptions, but I think he's a fine quarterback. I think he's gonna do better than I thought. Now, I do think the cold weather might cause some concerns. He does have really tiny hands, and maybe there's gonna be some issues with some fumbling like he had in college. But dude was uh, ten for ten. Didn't even have any incompletions. He threw three to the other team as well. So 13 plays where the ball never touched the ground. Not too bad. Yeah, I saw him very closely, though. And what mm-hmm. I noticed with him is that his eyes, mm-hmm. he's, he wasn't looking through his progressions very mm-hmm. much. Yeah, he stayed locked in on the first receiver. Yeah, like very rookie, very mm-hmm. rookie generated. But 
you know, besides the Steelers, though, man, you love to see Zach come back. And, and you know, by all accounts, he played his ass off. I mean, sure. But he did what he had to do to win the game. And that's what he's been asking from a Jets quarterback since Sanchez in 2010. Dude, just give me hope. I want to go into a game and not feel like we're totally out of it. Like right now, watching the way Zach played yesterday and watching how these weapons play and knowing there's plenty of room for growth makes me feel like we could hang with almost any team in the league. I think we're, we're you know, obviously I'm fine with being an underdog for a while until we can prove otherwise, but I think we have the ability to upset teams. I'll tell you what, after the last two minutes of that game, I bought tickets to the next two Jets home games. Ah, I love it. <laughs> You're going to be there for the one for Miami. I love it. And then what's the one after that? Is it the Patriot game? Is that the next oh, one or is it Buffalo? I think it is. I know. I think it might be Buffalo. I'm not going yeah. to check. Oh, but I know dude. I got tickets to the Dolphins game already confirmed. So the Dolphins, I will, that's, yeah, because I think we can. That's a good game. That's one, like, if there's a game that I would be considering going to, like, that's that's a fun game. That's going to be really neat to be at. Brother, thank you so much for the call. You have been ejected from the cockpit. Ugh. Let's see. Here's an interesting question. Mikey Mouse says, how do they calculate receiving touchdowns in QBR? I would imagine that does not count towards Zach. It probably counts towards uh, Braxton Berrios as a throw. Um, that being said, I have no idea how they calculate QBR. At least passer rating has a formula to it. QBR, by all my knowledge of it, seems like it is literally just a made-up statistic that ESPN has and no one actually knows the formula for it. I know it's one out of a hundred, but it's it seems pretty. Um, I don't want to say mysterious, <laughs> but it's it, it is kind of mysterious. Um, Stack G says it's no way Tua should play, not even because it gives a better chance. Did you see that play should have been banned uh, if that man came back in a week? Yeah, no. Look, uh, he's already been ruled out for this week, so Tua is not playing. I hope for the best health-wise from him. Like, as much as I want to shit on him and just not have him, like, do well as Miami quarterback, I don't want to see a dude go down with an injury. Not not like that. Um, you know, it's not, not something I like to see happen. And I'm curious to see when he does come back. Like, is it going to be just 10 days? Or are they going to say, hey, we're keeping him out beyond the Jet game? Because I think they should after, you know... You know, they they fired the dude that cleared him. Then they played him just four days later. There, Let's talk about that for a second. Thursday night football, there should be no situation where you are playing football four days after having just played football. That's fucking insane. If the, if the NFL cared about player safety, that wouldn't be a thing. All Thursday night games should 100% be after a bye week. You want to make more money, NFL? Throw me a few Gs. Throw me a few Gs. I'll tell you how to do it. I'll tell you how to do it right now, which is probably not good for <laughs> my financial income if you're going to throw me a few Gs. But if you stretch out the season, you add a second bye week. You now have one extra week of football where more fans are able to see more teams on display because my team is going to have two bye weeks. And then you have a bye week before you have a Thursday night game. So you have 10 days off and you're seeing a better product on the field. You're seeing more healthy players. You're getting an extra week of revenue from the league. 
I don't understand why someone either hasn't thought of it or hasn't realized that that's like a major step. Like that should have been the step like, hey, we're going to add a game, but we're going to give you an extra break week as well. Because to me, it just makes all the sense in the world, all the sense in the world. And if you wanted to, you could start your season on Labor Day and you could end it on President's Day weekend. If you wanted to. It seems like they don't necessarily want to compete with Labor Day. And right now, because of the extra week, I think they are on President's Weekend with the Super Bowl. I get that. Give me the extra bye week, though. I want the extra bye. I don't want to see shitty Thursday night games with players getting hurt. Ah, Raul Patel says QBR formula. Really? Did they actually release that? I know as of, as of a few years ago, that was not a thing. Uh, he says completed passes divided by pass attempts. Subtract 0.03 and divide by 0.22. Passing yards divided by pass attempts. Subtract 3 and divide by 4. I, is this totally like <laughs> legit rule? If you can send this to me in like a tweet or an Instagram message so I can look back at this and actually try to do some math on it, I would really, really appreciate it. Um, rule says it is legit. Raul, uh, definitely send this to me because I, I want to take a look at this. I've never seen this before, and I don't know how you reverse engineered this, but I want to do some fact checking because I do like uh, I do like all this stuff. Multiply by 100 and divide by 6. That pff, This feels like a lot of uh, chaos. <laughs> but I guess there's a formula then. Who knows? Whatever. Um, Michael L., says QBR, the metric, takes into account all of the quarterback's contribution of the game, including passing, rushing, sacks, penalties, touchdowns, and turnovers. But I don't think it includes receiving. So, like, I don't think the receiving touchdown by Wilson factored into his QBR. Oh, Michael Ellis says, just Google it. It's there. What? Really? Are you talking about QBR or are you talking about passer rating? I have no idea. I thought passer rating was the one they had the uh, everything for. Who knows? Maybe I'm just, uh, I'm an ass hat. It is what it is. <laughs> I'm an ass in a hat. It's like a cat in the hat, right? Ah, sneakers to boots. See you in the chat. He says, Jets go four and four through eight games, then beat the Bills going into the bye. Oh, man, if you go five and four heading into the bye week with a win against the Bills, talk about hype. That would be bananas. Let's not, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's try to win the first few games, one game at a time. We got 17 one-game series that we have to get through. Mike Mal says, I never remember which is QBR and which is passer rating. QBR is out of 100. Passer rating is out of 158.2. Is that right? God, I never remember that. Pennington had a perfect rating the one time. But I don't know how they came up with that particular number. It was just like crazy. Ah, see, 158.3. I was close. Ah, Tigo's in the chat. What's up, Tigo? He says, what's good, party people? Dude, just feels good. Dick Cramp says the Jaguars are second in the league in points. Four and second in fewest points allowed. That could be us. That's fascinating to me. I want to do a little more research into the Jaguars because they have played well. 
They have played far better. Aside from yesterday when they friggin' Trevor Lawrence screwed me on my parlay, I had... So I had Zach Wilson over on yards. I had Zach Wilson over on touchdowns. I had Trevor Lawrence over on touchdowns. And I had Trevor Lawrence over on passing yards. And I think he needed, I want to say it was 250. And he had like 160. (laughs) It just fell flat for me. I was like, oh, really? Like I thought Trevor was the one that was like, not a lock, but I thought he was going to be able to help. Jaguars aren't a pushover team. That's a good team. Walker, uh, I'm pretty sure he has an interception on the season too. I think they tipped the ball up and he he snatched it. So for all those people really uh, giving people or giving yeah giving people hell for wanting Trayvon Walker, kid's pretty good. They got some talent down there. Ah, we got a phone call coming in. Who we got? Okay. What's up, brother? Record. Welcome to the cockpit. Hey, what's up? Ah, dude, I'm hanging in there. How you feeling on a victory Monday? Oh, great, great. You know, I'm probably... uh, dude, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Listen, you're out of here. If you can get your phone line working right, I'd be happy to take your call again. Ah, that was frustrating. I hate it when the phone lines don't come through clear. Could be my internet. I did have the Optimum guy take a look at it. I've been dropping internet a little bit here and there, so I'm hoping it's kind of ironed itself out. But give me a call back, and I will uh, pick up the phone. Tigo says, so I did all the math for QBR, and I was off by like five, but real close. All right. All right, that makes me feel good. Even if I'm just close on QBR, five points... Five percentage points off because it's out of a hundred. That's uh, you know, it's kind of like a uh, percentage of error, right? Like a mar- margin of error. That is quite fine with me. Ah, here we go. We got a caller back. From Rick from Jersey. Rick from Jersey, what's up, dude? Welcome back to the cockpit. Hi, can you hear me better now? Ah, you sound perfect, crystal clear, brother. (laughs) Hi, um, so like I said, big fan of, I'm a big believer in uh, Wilson, Mm -hmm. but I have a question for you. Um, Defensive line usage, how do you feel about it? And if you're not satisfied with it, what do you think should be the usage going forward? Ooh, okay. So I like what we did yesterday with having Huff and Lawson opposite each other on pass rushdowns. I think that is the right move to make. I think Huff is, uh, on a per snap basis, really good at getting pressure, even if he's not getting home. And then I think I would like to see, you know, Huff and Lawson on the outside. I'd love to see Quinnen and JFM on the inside. I think that's where those two guys can really shine. Quinnen has been absolutely awesome. And him playing 61% of the snaps yesterday is the bare minimum I want to see him uh on the field i think we should have our best players on the field as much as possible and then when they get gassed later on in the game give them a second give them two plays off you know these guys should be on the field at all times like you didn't see the sack exchange coming off the field put these guys on the field let them pin their ears back and go after the quarterback i think you know what i don't want to see i guess what there's a there's a rotation i don't mind like i I like Jermaine Johnson, he has, I think, a sack or a sack and a half. 
I think I trust him a little bit more on the running downs. Like I'd rather have him on first and second down and have Huff on third down. Uh, if that makes sense. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I see it too. Like I definitely trust JJ for setting the edge mm-hmm. more so than Huff. Yeah. But yeah. Like Huff is just a better kind of a, like a, like you said, blitzer mm-hmm. than, than Jay, you know? So yeah, I feel like he can kind of pin his ears back. Way. Sorry I feel that. I feel like Huff kind of pins his ears back. Like he he will generate some type of pressure. I don't have that confidence in in Johnson just yet. Yeah, I yeah I see it too. Like I said, he's great for setting the edge. Great patience too. You know mm-hmm. he he'll you know look at the whole play. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I but like I said, Huff he like zone in and it's mm-hmm. it, 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 it show dividends at the same time two different play styles and like you said both of them have their spot in the uh defensive line so i, I really mm. i see it kind of the same way i actually agree with you for the most part yeah i think so, it, i think yeah. it makes sense and i think that's where you'll start to see success and i think as as jj starts to work on his pass rush moves and understanding how to set up his his pass rush moves on a play-by-play basis, I think you'll start to see him a little bit more consistently. I think ideally what they'd love to see is see Huff get after the quarterback a lot, JJ get after the quarterback a lot, and that now you can negotiate with Lawson and say, hey, look, this is what we're trying to do on a long-term basis. We'd love to have you here for the next two additional years, sign you to a two-year extension, uh, and then maybe minimize his cap hit a little bit more there. But brother, thank you so much for your call. Listen, you have been ejected from the cockpit. Uh, let's see. I'm going to take the phone number down off the, uh, the screen. We'll just have a little bit of, uh, talk in this last little bit here. I see a few super chats came in. Want to address those. Indy Colt says, do you agree? Joe nailed the draft. I do hundred percent. As soon as the draft ended, as soon as the first night ended, like best first round draft the Jets have had since 2000, hands down. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson. You got your edge rusher, your wide receiver, top corner, all of them playing well right now. Then you go into day two. You get Brees Hall. How many times have we complained about our quarterback not having enough weapons to surround them, to have the talent, to be able to move the ball down the field? We saw it with Zach Wilson, or we saw it with Sam Darnold, Geno Smith, Hackenberg, uh, you know, Sanchez it fell apart on, like all these different quarterbacks that have been through the ringer with us for me joe nailed this draft 100 percent. and when you factor in the fact that we tried to move back into the first to get Brees hall and you think okay we would have had to give up our last three picks which were ruckert clemens and mitchell we got bonus picks those are three bonus picks later on you get ruckert which is the fan pick you get mitchell which is the joe douglas pick and you get clemens which is the Salah pick And I think all three of those guys are going to be able to help this team moving forward long-term. It may not be a lot this year. Like I think in Ruckert's case, he's going to develop a little bit more. Clemens, we're already seeing the motor and they're seeing him on the field. He did have a penalty yesterday. Um, And Mitchell obviously looks like he could be a starting right tackle. Hopefully he gets a, you know, has a speedy recovery. A dislocated knee is not something you want to see happen ever. But I do really like what we've gotten out of this team so far. Um, I see this comment and then I'll get to main Jets fan. Um, but this one was interesting. So Jody Good, I mean, I like Garrett Wilson, but I still down 
Uh, still down that we didn't draft Pickens. I hate drafting wide receivers in the first. Just look at the Steelers wide receivers, all second rounders and beyond. So if you remember before the draft, I had said, I want sauce at four. I want edge rusher at 10. And I want to either trade back into the first for a wide receiver or take one in the second round. Now Pickens would have been there for us in the second round. And I would have no problem with that. I thought him and Jamison Williams were the two best wide receivers in this draft class. Uh, that being said, I love Garrett Wilson at number 10 because we got Jermaine Johnson at 26. And I love what we're getting out of Garrett Wilson. Like, I think Garrett Wilson is an alpha dog, and I think he is going to be a number one wide receiver. With Pickens, I feel like he is a great complimentary wide receiver right now that I think can absolutely be a number one wide receiver, but I think he doesn't have to. In, in Pittsburgh, you have Claypool, you have Deontay Johnson, you have Najee Harris, you have Frymouth. So he doesn't have to be like the guy. Um, where maybe it takes a little bit more time for him to develop. He's coming off an ACL that he tore back in April. Is that right? Like, well, I guess a year and a half now. Um, so yeah, look, I, I like Pickens, but I'm very happy with Garrett Wilson, but I understand what you're saying. Like if you, if you could rework, I don't even know how you could rework the draft and make it better. Like from my perspective, if you had told me, Hey, the Jets are going to walk away with Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, I'm going to say, no, they're not. Like, you're lying. And then you say they're going to get Rucker, too. Like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever, dude, not going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, he nailed the draft, and I don't think uh, – I wouldn't redo it. I'm happy with where, where we ended up. Uh, and Maine Jets fan comes in and says, cash those receipts. That's right, baby. Brady Quinn, Stephen A. Smith, you guys kick rocks, pound sand, take a long walk off a short pier. I'm done with these guys. Done with this. Jets are coming for names. That's what I want to see. Sean comes in based on how the rookies have played. What two rookies would you get rid of if you had to factoring in draft position? Ooh. Hmm. All right, interesting. That's an interesting question. If I had to... If you had to eliminate some rookies, that's... You're probably talking Jermaine Johnson right now just because of how Huff, Lawson, and Clemens have kind of played. And that's not me being down on Jermaine at all. Like, I think he's going to be good, and I'm happy with how he's played so far. But based on trading up for him, if you had to eliminate a draft pick, that's probably one that you'd look at. Um, and I really like what we're eventually going to get out of Brees Hall. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to say him just yet. Cause he did have a few nice, nice plays there. I mean, maybe Ruckert just cause we haven't seen him play. Like, yeah, I guess that'll be my answer. I guess I'll say Ruckert and I'll say JJ, but that's like, that's splitting hairs because I really look, I don't want to get rid of anyone in this draft class. I really, really like all our players. Like even Garrett Wilson, like as much as I was not someone who wanted to take a top 10 wide receiver, I would keep Garrett Wilson at 10 based on what we've seen from him and his connection with a lot of the uh, the guys on the team and his poise. Like, I didn't realize his character was quite so good. Like, it, he doesn't strike me as the, the run-of-the-mill wide receiver that's me, 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 get the ball to me, get the ball to me. Like, he just doesn't feel like that guy. So even someone who doesn't didn't want receiver in the top 10, I'm keeping Garrett Wilson. Uh, but interesting question. That's a, a nice little thing. Uh, thought experiment there i don't like having to do that <laughs> but that was a good question i enjoyed that all right 
Boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun talking with you tonight. We've got our Talking Jets panel tomorrow. Myself, O'Leary, and Green Bean. Going to be a lot of fun. I'm also going live Friday uh, with Richie. I think it's on his channel. Pretty sure. I'll let you guys know. I'll have a community post on up, up about it. But I think we're talking to uh, TD Finn's talk. And uh, I don't know. Another Dolphins creator. Probably, I would think it's Dougley Do Wrong. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. All right, boys and girls. It's been a lot of fun. My name's Ryan. Signing off. J-E-T-S.